So today's title is Unwrapped Gifts for the Kingdom of God. Unwrapped Gifts for the Kingdom of God. So uh, some of us had the opportunity, and it was such a blessing to walk through a spiritual gifts class on yesterday. Last week, Pastor Ron uh, preached a message on love and service, and we just uh, actually sung a song about serving God. And when we love God, we're going to serve him. We're going to do what he has called us to do. And so I just want to talk about and encourage your hearts today. Uh, Like I said, if you were in the class on yesterday, you walked through this questionnaire and we kind of pointed out the the top five gifts that we were strong in. And and even the ones that we may not have been as, uh, as strong in, but maybe... You know, it's something that you're praying about. You want God to help you in that area. I know that there is a few that I um, scored a little lower on that I thought I would be a little higher in. And so I'm praying that God will help me in those areas. And even just standing before you, I need God's help. I need his spirit to help me through this. And we all need God's spirit. And so these gifts have been unwrapped you know what those some of those gifts are, and even if you don't know what they are, the Holy Spirit of God will reveal those things to you in order for you to walk out the plans and purposes of God for your life. Those gifts are for the, the glory of God, for his kingdom, and then to uplift one another. We cannot do this without one another. And so I just want to encourage your hearts on today. And Mr. Hamp actually just set the stage. And again, this is uh, really a refresher for those that were here on yesterday. And it was confirmation on on my direction. I didn't realize he was going to go that in depth. But um, just starting out, you know, just as born again believers, there's gifts that God has placed before us. First, we have the gift of Jesus Christ. That's the ultimate gift. And there is no greater gift in this world that can compare to that gift. My husband and I have been together for 20 plus years, almost 30 years. And there's a lot of nice gifts that I've gotten and he's gotten. And I don't care how nice they were. They don't compare to the gift of Jesus Christ. You're talking about someone laying down their life for you and I. So that we can walk in the freedom that God has uh, intended for us to walk in. There is no greater gift. And with the gift of Jesus Christ, we have the gift of grace and mercy. Grace. We don't have to do anything to earn this grace. It's a free gift provided by the, the gift of Jesus Christ. So you don't have to do anything for it. That grace, unmerited favor that God gives to us through his son, Jesus Christ. And then mercy. Mercy. The mercies of God are new every single day. As Pastor Ron said, it could have been another way. Our lives could have been another way. But God said mercy, no. Mercy says, no, God said, no, not my child, not right now. Death, you must uh, behave. It is not their time. And if you think about uh, experiences or things that have happened in your life, 
that God stopped it, that God blocked it. That's another opportunity to give God glory and to serve him. To serve him. Not man, to serve God. God gets the glory. We don't get any glory. As I was preparing this message and just studying and and talking to the Lord, he took me back to when I was, uh, I think, three or four years old. My mom is not here. Um, Bless her. She's not feeling good this morning. But I think I was three or four. And I don't remember a whole lot about this other than my mom sharing with me. But my mom said that I had been sick for a few days and um, just throwing up and not keeping anything down and just laying around, not doing anything. And um, they, my mom and my dad took me to the emergency room and they said it was a stomach virus and take me back home and just, you know, drink some Pedialyte and keep me hydrated and things would get better. Well, as the day um, got, went on and, and the next day, I didn't get any better. I didn't get any better. And my mom said, I've got to take my baby back to the hospital. Something is not right. She is like laying around, just limp, not doing anything. Something is wrong. And when she got me to the hospital, she said that the doctor said, it is by the grace of God that you got her here when you got her here. My appendix had ruptured. And I could have been gone. And if anybody knows anything about your appendix rupturing, it's actually, you can die from it. And God saw fit to get me to the hospital. He saw something inside of me to save me that I am able to stand before you today and speak to you. There is something in the inside of each one of you that God saw fit to save you. Maybe there is something in your life that happened that the enemy said, yes, I'm going to get this one. I'm going to take this one out. Maybe you should be dead sleeping in your grave. Maybe you should have been in a jailhouse somewhere and not having the freedom that you have today to give God the glory that is due to him. And so you have the opportunity with these unwrapped gifts to serve him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, somebody. By waking us up daily, he gives us the gift of time. There is 24 hours in the day. And I know we all have jobs. We have school. We have children. We have things to do. And some days, I don't know how I do what I do. I know that it is by the power and the spirit of God giving me the strength to do what he's called me to do. It is not by my own power, my own strength, because if it was left up to me, anybody that knows me knows that I love to lay around and, I, you know, I'll watch um, something or something inspirational. I like to praise and worship God or I read. But um, work, if I didn't have to work, I wouldn't work. <laughs> God, that is not my desire. He knows that. He knows that. So I'm waiting for my miracle. But, but I said that to say that he has given all of us time throughout the day. In spite of those th- other things that we have before us, there is time for God. There is time to do his will. There is time to serve God and to serve people. He called us to serve him and to serve one another. He calls us. He has also given us a gift of resources. Those resources, those jobs, 
they belong to him. The gifts, they belong to him. Everything on this earth belongs to God. He is, he is the creator of heavens and the earth. We didn't create any of this. I don't care how powerful you think you are. I don't care how bad you think you are. <laughs> My dad used to call himself Leo the Lion. His, his name is Leon, and so short they would call him Leo the Lion. But this man walked the earth <laughs> like he was the biggest and baddest thing walking earth. And my oldest brother, he kind of walks around. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but, but we joke about it. We joke about how my daddy was just had this, he, he uh, commanded the authority uh, in his house and in those who he was around. But God has given us the ability and the power to do the things that he's called us to do. Not on our own strength, but by the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. And then we get into the spiritual gifts. The spiritual gifts that he's placed down on the inside of each and every one of us. Even if we're not walking in them, there's gifts that he is entrusted, you and I with, to do his will until he returns. Amen. Amen. And so we start in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 through 3. It reads, now, brothers and sisters, I want you to understand about spiritual gifts. You remember the lives you lived before you were believers. You let yourselves be influenced and led away to worship idols, things that had no life. So I tell you that no one who is speaking with the help of God's spirit says, Jesus be cursed. He says that, Paul says, in our former lives, when we were led of another spirit and not the spirit of God, that we worship other things, things of this world, idols. And he's saying that no one of another spirit says that Jesus is Lord. And I'm jumping ahead. I'm sorry. And then the rest of the scripture says, and no one who can say Jesus is Lord without the help of the Holy Spirit. We cannot do the things of God without the help of the precious spirit of God that dwells in us. And that other spirit, when we were um, walking in a different light and not of the spirit of God, that spirit doesn't prompt us or urge us to walk in the callings and the gifts of God that he's placed in the inside of us. It is only by the spirit of God that we walk in his gifts and his callings. Only by his spirit. And if we're trusting on the other spirit that lives in us before we were born again believers, it's not going to be effective. It's not going to happen in the way that God created it to happen. And then sometimes if we're walking, I'll say in all times, if we're walking in that spirit, we're not allowing God to be glorified. God gets no glory in what you're trying to do because our flesh will try to get the glory, will be prideful. God says, move out of the way, move out of my way and allow me to do the work 
that I've called you to do. You're in my way. Get out of my way. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. Have your way through me, Jesus. And then in um, going along in uh, verse number four, he says, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is a source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Each gift that God has placed on the inside of us is for the edification of his church and for one another. There's three groups of of spiritual gifts. There's ministry gifts, there's manifestation gifts, and then there's motivational gifts. And if you are a born-again believer, you should be operating in at least one of those gifts by submitting to the will of the Father, by submitting to the Spirit leading and guiding you. Somebody needs to be ministered to. That's why he placed the gift of ministry. Without the gift of ministry, who ministers to us? We need pastors. We need ministers. We need teachers. For the body of Christ to be effective, we need those things. We need the gift of uh, motivation. People need to be encouraged. You hear me? Especially in this day and time, people need to be encouraged. We have to encourage and uplift people to walk in the gifts and callings that God has placed before them or in the inside of them. If we don't encourage, how do people walk out their gifts and callings? If we see gifts on the inside of people that maybe they're um, sitting on or, you know, out of fear or what have you, if we're not encouraging them to walk in them, how, do, how does the, God, the body of Christ and God be glorified? We have to encourage one another. And then he also talks about in um, John 16, 13 through 14, It says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. You are not speaking on your own. The spirit of God, God is speaking to the spirit and the spirit is speaking to you. When God calls you to speak a word into someone and you don't have the words to say, when God calls you to pray for someone and you don't have the words to say, he says, I will speak to the spirit and the spirit will speak to you. As I stand before you today, I'm like, God, if you don't do it, I know you called me to work for you. I know that there's gifts and callings in me that you've placed on the inside of me that you have entrusted me with. But God, if you don't do it, I can't do it. We need you, Lord. We need your spirit speaking to us. 
And then he says, he will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. God is glorified when we speak from the spirit. He's glorified. He gets the glory. When God is glorified and we allow the spirit to lead us and guide us, he is glorified. Sometimes we allow ourselves to get in the way. But I want to encourage somebody today to allow the Holy Spirit of God to reign on you. Let him reign on you. Let the Spirit of God drench you, immerse you with his Spirit. We need the Spirit falling on us. And as I walk through this, I um, spelled out the word rain. Let the Spirit relate to you. Relate to the Holy Spirit of God. The Word tells us to lean not on your own understanding, but in all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Let the Spirit of God reign on you. And then allow the Spirit to take control. Allow the Spirit to take control. I don't know about many of you, but this is uh, one of the um, things that I struggle with. I feel like a lot of us want to have control. And this is something that I struggle with. Because allowing someone or even some, something that, you know, we can't see the spirit. We can't see the spirit dwelling in us. But we got to allow someone that we can't see to take control. And as I was studying, the Lord spoke to me and said that we don't allow the spirit to take control because we don't know the outcome. We don't know how it's going to turn out. But he says, if you'll trust me and trust my will, because my will is perfect. If you would allow me to take control, if you would take your hands off of the will and allow me to direct you, I will get glory. Allow me to lead you. Relinquish all control to the spirit of God that dwells in you. And then invite him to fall on you. Invite the spirit of God to reign on you. I speak to every dry situation in this place, in my life, and everyone in this place, anyone that's viewing via live stream or even anyone that may go back and view this later on. Any dry place, I pray that the Spirit of God will rain on it. Rain on it. Water it. In the natural, anything that is to grow needs water. Flowers needs water to grow. We, we have to water it. Any type of crops, it needs water to grow. And God, we need your spirit to grow. We need your spirit to do the will of our Father. Rain on us, God. Rain on us. And then notice what the Spirit is saying and doing. Notice what the Spirit is saying and doing. 
listen, we are not perfect. And oftentimes we miss God. But if we'll just be still, be still before the Lord, be still and know that he is God and allow him to speak. Allow him to speak and notice what he's doing. Notice what he's saying. And he gets glory. Maybe God has spoken a word in in you to share with someone that would encourage them, that would change the trajectory of their lives. If you would just be still, notice what God is saying, and act. Your words of encouragement could change someone's life. But guess what we do? And I'm speaking about myself. Out of fear, not being received, we step back and say, no, God, maybe it's just me. You didn't speak this. But that's not what God wants us to do. The spirit of the living God dwells in us. And he's not dormant. He's not dead. He's living. He wants to do something in each and every one of us. Allow the spirit of God to do what he wants to do. Just a brief um, testimony of, of, of someone allowing God to speak through them and um, notice what he's saying and what he's doing. We went to a women's conference um, in February, February the 26th, and um, a few of us went and had an awesome time at this uh, women's ministry. And during praise and worship, you know, anybody that knows me, I love to praise and worship God. My eyes are closed, and I'm just communicating with the Father. And um, we are in praise and worship, and there's a lady behind us. Obviously, I'm not aware of who's behind us, what's going on around us. I'm communicating with my father. And after the praise and worship, this lady comes up to me. She's behind us. And let me just go back. Before the conference that morning, I got up. I said, God, I understand what conferences are for. I understand what I'm going for. But I said, God, I don't want this just to be an ordinary experience. I'm not just going to sit down and hear somebody speak and pray. I'm going to, I I want an encounter with you today, God. And that's what I prayed for. And so during praise and worship, after the worship was over with, this lady comes up and she comes um, to my seat. Don't know this lady, have never seen her a day in my life, never. As a matter of fact, she's from Georgia. She's not even from South Carolina. There was over 200 women at this conference. And she comes up to me, and she hands me her phone. And I took a screenshot of what she had, the Spirit had been speaking to her. She said, I don't know you, but the Lord had me to, um, wants me to speak this into your life. And she said that you have walked into a new season in your life, and and I I just want to encourage you. This is um, in February. This lady doesn't know me. And um, she shared with me some things about me, and I'll, I'll just share something briefly, not all of it. She talked about some uh, gifts that the Lord had placed within me. 
But the, the part that really stuck with me, she said, God understands that you may be anxious and fearful of this new season, but focus on what is true because fear and anxiety are not from him. And I tell you this word, there was a lot more that she said and even came back to me, but I knew that these words from, were from the Lord. This new season, this this door that God has opened for my husband and I, for my husband pastoring and um, us leading the church, there's anxiety. There was anxiety. There was, there's fear of the unknown. And if we're honest, we all have, you know, some of us more than others, but there's anxiety that comes up. And God wanted my heart to be encouraged that I don't have to fear, that I don't have to have anxiety about these things. For the word tells us that God has not given us a spirit of fear and anxiety, but of love and of sound mind and of power, not of fear. And so he wanted to encourage my heart. But I said that to say that this lady walked in obedience. She didn't know me and I didn't know her. She stepped outside of her comfort zone. Maybe she's comfortable with it, but if it was me, I would have had to step outside of my comfort zone because I know sometimes we hear from God and because we don't want to be uncomfortable or we, maybe we don't want to make someone else uncomfortable, we don't do what God has called us to do. But these gifts and callings that God has placed on the inside of us, he wants us to walk them out. Amen. In uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 18 through 21, it reads, But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. We are one body. And we need one another. Every gift inside of this church is needed. And God gets glory as we glorify his kingdom and edify him and each other. Every gift is important. Our praise and worship team is important. The gift of music is important. The gift of music ushers in the spirit as we prepare to get ready to hear a word from God. It, it prepares our heart. The gift of administration is important. We need things in order to operate. The gift of ministry is important. If we don't have the pastor or someone standing before us giving a word, how do we, I mean, we, we can um, read our Bibles and there's different other avenues, but for the body of Christ, for this body, we need those things. We need those things. Every gift is important. There's numerous gifts. I can't even name them all. Uh, Mr. Hamp did a wonderful job walking through every single gift on yesterday. Every one of them. He did a wonderful job. And they're all important. 
And God wanted me to encourage his people today that these gifts are not like the gifts that our parents gave us when we were younger. When we did something wrong or we weren't obedient, we had to go in time out. And those gifts, those toys, the things that we enjoyed were taken away from us. These gifts are not like that. God does not take his gifts away from us, but he wants us to use them. Not to just throw them in a corner like they don't even matter or hide them. His gifts matter to him. So I have a question for us all. What God-given gifts are you neglecting? How are you treating the gifts and callings that God has entrusted you with? How are we treating the gifts that he's entrusted us with? Are we treating them like the gifts that we received? Like when we were um, children and um, Christmas time, we had tons of things maybe that we were deserving of and not so deserving of. And the ones that weren't appealing to us, we pushed to the side. We opened it up. But maybe it wasn't something that you really wanted. And so you pushed it aside. Maybe the gift that God has placed on the inside of you is not what you are expecting. But God knows. His will is perfect. His ways are not our, um, his ways are not our ways. And his thoughts are not our thoughts. He knows what's best for each one of us. What are we doing with the gifts and callings that he's entrusted us with? So I'm just going to journey really quickly through uh, Matthew 25. And this is the parable of the three servants. And um, I'll start in uh, 2514. And it says, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. Jesus Christ has entrusted us with his gifts. While he is gone, he's on a long trip. He's coming back. But he's entrusted us with these gifts. And what are we doing with them? And then it goes on to say, he gave five bags of silver to one, two, sil two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in portion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. You've been distributed gifts according to your measure of faith and your abilities. Jesus is on his trip, his long trip, seated at the right side of the Father. And when he returns, he's going to know what we've done with his gifts. What have we done with them? I know it's not easy. I know it's uncomfortable. I'm speaking for myself. It's uncomfortable. But God said, if you would just allow me to do the work that I've placed on the inside of you, 
if you would move out of the way. If you would allow me to get the glory. Verse 16, he says, the servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn more. Investing in anything that we cannot see takes faith. I got to have faith to stand before you. I know that the spirit of God dwells in me, but I can't see it. I know that there is power inside of me, but I can't see it. That takes faith. Verse 17 says that the servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. Faith without works is dead. We have to do something. We have to do something with the gifts that he's placed on the inside of us. They cannot stay dormant and hidden like the next servant. Verse 18 says, but the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. Hid the master's money. He did nothing with the gift that the, that the master had left him with. Nothing. And that's how it's going to be for, for many people that are not walking in the gifts and callings that God has placed inside of them. Out of fear. Out of fear of rejection of what man might think. Am I going to get it right? If you're waiting for you to get it right, you're going to miss it. If you're waiting till you dot every I and cross every T, you're going to miss what God is doing in your life or wants to do through you. If I waited until I got some type of degree, knew the Bible from front to back, I would not be standing before you today. We will miss God thinking that we have to be perfect. His spirit is perfect. You're not perfect. We can't do it. Only by the spirit of the living God dwelling in us that we're able to walk it out. Walk out the gifts and callings that he's placed on the inside of us. We can't do it. Amen? And then another question for you. What will you do with the gifts God has given you or that God gave you? Will you keep them hidden like the last servant? These are just not ordinary gifts. We serve an extraordinary God. Extraordinary. And so what he wants to do is not ordinary. He wants to do great and mighty things through you. 
And without the body of Christ, his followers, it can't happen. We are ambassadors of Christ. And he's relying on us, his followers, to walk out those gifts and callings so that people are aware of his power and his works. It is only through the Spirit of God. And then on uh, verse 19, it says, After a long time, the master returned from his trip and called to them to give an account of how they had used his money. We're all going to have to stand before the Lord and give an account. The Bible says that we'll have to give an account for good and bad. We'll have to give an account for the gifts that he placed on the inside of us, that he entrusted us with. What do we do with them? Verse 21 says, the master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you more, many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. We got to be faithful over the small. Your gift may seem small to you, but if God can't trust you with the small, he's not going to give you more responsibilities. And as I uh, was journeying through this, I thought about Pastor Ron. A few years ago, Pastor was asked to join leadership, and I, I didn't really understand it in the beginning, but he was asked to um, kind of just be over the building, be available to serve. If the alarm went off, he was called to come and, you know, see what was going on or whatever. Nothing that we would think in our minds, in our um, physical mind, would be of importance in our physical mind. But how many of us know that God is watching how you're going to be faithful to the little? How you're going to be faithful to the little things, to the small things that seem like they don't even matter to someone? He can't use us with other responsibilities if we're not faithful in the little. Faithful in checking on the building, the alarm, and then even asked to, you know, help with the preaching team. God was watching him. God was watching. Would he be faithful in the little? God is watching us to see if we're going to be faithful in the little. And even like on our jobs, people here on earth are watching just as the Lord is watching. Are they faithful? Are they diligent? Are they devoted? We can't be elevated if we're not diligent. We're not devoted. We're not faithful. God is watching us. And so we walked through yesterday with the spiritual gifts class. I've journeyed through what God is expecting of us. And so I just want all of us to be excited about these gifts, unwrapping your spiritual gifts. They've been unwrapped to most of us. Most of us know what they are. Maybe we're walking in them and maybe we aren't, but you're aware of what they are. And I just pray 
that we would get excited about the things of God, the gifts that he's placed on the inside of us, excited like we were when we were children, excited to open up that gift, excited to see what it was going to do. Get excited about what God wants to do through you. Let God have his way. Amen. Unwrap gifts for the kingdom of God. I pray that everyone would just press into God and allow him to lead you and guide you. I pray that if you don't know what your spiritual gifts are, that you um, allow someone to mentor you. If you don't, you know, know what they are, we have pastor, we have those that are in leadership here in the church that will help you. And as Pastor Ron mentioned on last week, he doesn't believe that this uh, spiritual gifts this um, past Saturday will be the last. And so my prayer is that we would all start to activate those gifts and callings that God has placed on the inside of us for the building of his kingdom, for the edification of his kingdom, and for one another. I love y'all. Be blessed.